welcome back. Today, Jen and I are continuing our conversation with one of our pastors, Daryl Davenport, about the Beisarah, or good news, in Honduras. Being part of this ministry has enriched our lives, and we hope you're encouraged by the stories Daryl shares of how the gospel is spreading in the mountains among the Linka Indians. If you're interested in learning more about this mission, check out the show notes for Daryl's email or my email at Go and Equip. Enjoy the conversation. Now we have five vibrant churches in the mountains of Honduras that Gerardo takes care of. And and let me tell you the you talked about earlier, we were talking about, Jen, we were talking about uh, uh, the generational stuff. Yes. Uh, our first church we built in 2000, and that was San Marcos. Mm. And down the, down the highway or the road, it's a dirt road, but it's a main road. Down the road from there, there was a house that, uh, two houses, and one was two little boys, Selbin and Dago, and they would come up there every day. The little, you know, they'd come up on the hill hard as they could go. And another little boy that lived down the way a little bit, his name was Alexis. And Alexis's mom, can, she ran a, a house hotel right on the main road where people going, it's on the main road, it's about an hour and a half, two hours from El Salvador. So she would, that's where she ran, and that, that was her job. But she had this piece of property. So the night that I preached on... Uh, backing up into uh, 99, the night that I preached and Gerardo interpreted for me. After that, Billy got up through through his Spanish, said that anybody that would be interested in uh, participating in a Baptist evangelical church, y'all stay afterwards. Well, they did, and that became the church at San Marcos. Hmm. So now we had people that wanted to have a church, and... There's Billy, he's a missionary doing dentistry in that area. And so Gerardo, or we were sitting there with Gerardo and Billy said, well, if, you know, we had 25 people or so stay. And um, Billy said, well, who's going to, Billy wasn't a preacher at Hmm. all. Hmm. Um, And he said, well, who's going to pastor? And Gerardo said, I will. (laughs) And so off we go. I mean, it was really neat. But let me tell you about the little boy. So we didn't have a place for a church. But up on the main road, there was a piece of property that Alexis's mom, Gabrielle, owned. And she said, y'all can have it. I'll give it to the church. Mm-hmm. But it's a it's a little mountain hill off the side of the road. She said, you'll have to cut that off, you know, to mm-hmm. flatten it out. So we said, okay. So we hired a tractor. The guy came in, scraped it all off, all that stuff. So now fast forward 20 years, okay? Mm-hmm. Alexis, who was one of those little boys as we built that church, his mom gave the property. 20 years later, today, Alexis is the pastor of that church. Oh, now you awesome. tell me God ain't got a plan. Yeah, he yeah. does. I mean, he certainly does. Mm-mm-mm. Awesome plan. What types of mission trips do you do there? I'm, there are a couple of different kinds, <clears throat> kinds of trips that you do throughout the year. Can you explain what those look like? When we started doing, um, uh, when we, Honduras Ministry Incorporated, after Billy left, we decided that we needed to do what I call as a multifaceted trips. Out of, now we have, um, 
we have a we have eleven different churches in uh, seven different states, and everybody has things that they do well. Mm-hmm. Okay, one of the things that we do well is we've got a great group of guys that can build, mm-hmm. and in the mountains there, uh, at that time, no churches. When we when we started there, no evangelical churches within an hour's drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we have five of ours, and there's other churches that now have come in and started uh, churches as well. But we have five. But we we had to build those buildings, mm-hmm. and uh, that's laying blocks, cement, all that kind of stuff. And we got a great group of guys that, man, they can, in three days, in in three and a half days, let's put it, in three and a half days, um, we can build a church. Wow. It That's is incredible. It's amazing that, mm-hmm. that can, much can be done. Well, our guys know what they're doing, yeah. Yeah. but the folks in Honduras, yeah. they really know what they're I doing. I mean, I've been there and seen women carrying, you know, 50-pound bags of concrete just like it's nothing. <laughs> and, and the one that always gets our guys is that anytime we're working in a community, if we're building a school building or if we're building a church or we're adding this, whatever— um, the communities all come together mm-hmm. and they'll work. I mean, they are hard, hard yeah. workers and they'll come do that. Um, but our guys get all bent out of shape because, you know, they're carrying cinder blocks to lay it. <laughs> and you turn around and look and you've got a lady that is, I mean, y'all size, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking short in stature, but strong. And these, like, they've got a baby in a wrapped up like a papoose or whatever they got, wrapped up <laughs> in a, a blanket, yeah. a swing. They got a baby wrapped up in in the front mm-hmm. and throwing sacks of dirt and concrete mm-hmm. in over their back. And they're there all day long. Yeah. They they volunteer all day long. Wow. It's really pretty neat. Yeah. So anyway, we try to do that. Uh, so we've got some folks that do that. We've got other folks that have been um, we've done some medical stuff. Uh, We've done, um, we've had dentists go and, you know, that do that. We have done um, women's Bible studies. That's mm-hmm. one of the things there in the mountains that um, the ladies are, in the mountains, folks that haven't been before, it is, it's like at least 70 years behind mm-hmm. our rural America today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. And, and now it, it you, you see... So such a diverse, you know. Uh, one of the greatest photos that I have is a older man. He's probably sixty plus years of age, sitting on an ox cart with wooden wheels, and an ox in front of it. And he's sitting there with his cowboy boots on and a hat on, and he's you know this wrinkled old grizzled looking guy talking on his cell phone. <laughs> That's I mean, great. it's just like cultures clashing. It, yes. it really yeah. is. And so anyway, so that's, you know, we, we try to help do anything like those things. Um, we do a lot of vacation Bible school stuff mm-hmm. because back to what I said earlier, the great thing is guys, when you see those kids and they're hearing Bible stories, true biblical, read them straight just from the Bible. Mm-hmm. And they're like, they'd never heard that before. So let's 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 talk about that a little bit more. They've never heard it before because there's such a presence of persecution in that area. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about that. It, it 
it doesn't make sense, but here's what they do. Um, in Honduras, in that area of Honduras, and I'm not saying every place is like this, but where we work in the mountains of Honduras, the Catholic Church is tremendously oppressive. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and they control people through things. Example, um, when we come in sharing the gospel, we tell them that they can talk straight to Jesus. Well, that goes against what the Catholic priest has been telling them that no, you got to come to me. Mm-hmm. You got, you know, if you don't confess your sins to me, then you know you, you're not going to be forgiven. And here's how they play on their fear. Now, think about this: if you've been told since you were born mm-hmm. that if the priest doesn't give you your last rites, mm-hmm. that you will automatically go to hell. Now, and that's what they're told. And then I come in and tell you that when you're 12 years old, okay, I come in and tell you that, hey, you can have a personal relationship with Jesus. And when you die, you'll go to heaven. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Yeah. So I come in and tell you that. Think of the, the struggle inside mm-hmm. of them mm-hmm. yeah. and the community. So our people, when they get saved and they come start coming to the evangelical the baptist church okay mm-hmm. the people in the catholic church shun them it's almost like back in jewish days you know yeah. in first century days when people would come become part of the way mm-hmm. um, and follow jesus that people like paul would come and persecute them take mm-hmm. their businesses from them and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and you understand in the mountains of honduras they depend on friends and neighbors and family because all of their almost everything that they make money wise is through their crops Mm -hmm. and and they don't they don't have a lot of crops and they do everything by hand so when you start trying to dig 10 acres of potatoes by by yourself they'll rot before you get to them all right so you have to depend on those people and that's been the great thing to watch in our churches Mm -hmm is that this family, mom and dad, get saved, and then this family over here that's been literally cussing them, yelling at them, telling they're ignorant as they walk down the road. Then this, and now this couple gets saved, and this people get saved, and these kids get saved. All of that stuff, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And and it's neat how that grows together. And success breeds success. And so now it's like they have families dozens of families in each church that now take care of each other. Mm -hmm. And to answer your question, see, that's how we come in and help. Mm -hmm. Because through the persecution, here's what in that area, the Catholic Church, uh, is they take everything and they give nothing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's how our people, because remember I told you the link of folks were, um, you know, mountain country folks. Mm -hmm. For years and years and years, um, the Honduras government took them just as a bunch of dumb redneck mountain folks. About 20 years ago, they started getting together and voting as a block. Hmm. And it changed. All of a sudden, now the government wants to come in and help. How, what can we do to help serve you? Hmm. Da, 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 da. Hmm. Well, the Catholic Church hadn't figured this out yet. So what the Catholic Church does is, is like um, about 15 years ago, well, yeah, about 15 years ago, um, the priest in the big church in town uh, needed a new truck. 
Okay, mm-hmm. he needed a new truck. Mm-hmm. And they sent out statements to everybody in the mountains. And it said, your part of the priest truck is 500 Lempira or whatever it was. I don't remember mm-hmm. the numbers. But they sent it to everybody. And our people immediately started asking Gerardo, what are we supposed to do? And he goes, well, do you want to give them 500 Lempira? Well, no, that's not the church we go to anymore. <laughs> he said, then don't do it. And here's what the priest told him. Well, if, you, you know, if you're going to join that evangelical church, if you're going to do that... I'm not sure I would be able to do your funeral, hmm. give you your last rites. Yeah. Well, now think about that. If you've been told that since your you were whole life. your whole mm-hmm. life, that's a scary yeah. thought. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. so they use yes. fear to control. Yeah. Another one, when I think it was in 19 when I was there, one of the communities we went into, first time we had been there, and some of the kids, most of the kids wouldn't have anything to do with us. And we found out later that the priest had been telling them mm-hmm. that those white people want to take you home with them. So they're going to cut you up and put you in their suitcase and take you home. Oh, so you wow. stay away from them. And it's that kind of fear that is holding them under persecution and hostage. And I just I, I just love that Gerardo is just stands up to them and, and just keeps keeps preaching the gospel mm-hmm. and keeps sharing that. Mm-hmm. Especially, I, I remember that community. Um, and, and, and I, I think back and I laugh because the first day, how standoffish yes. they were, even with all the, the neat stuff mm-hmm. that we, you know, that our guys had a balloon, right. y'all had a, remember yeah. you had those, uh, beach ball and that yep. big thing that you fluff up and yeah, down, like that parachute, parachute. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and those kids were like, huh, better not, oh, yeah. yep. they were like, they okay. wanted to, you <laughs> could just tell it in their eyes. They wanted to participate, and but they were afraid. They were afraid. So by the time we got back the second day. Yeah, Gerardo had set everybody straight, right? And those kids hit the ground running. Yeah, I bet. But yeah. that's a, it, it. It is. It's sad to see that mm-hmm. that they people would use that fear right. to mm-hmm. do yeah. that. Yeah. But oh my gosh, which is which is straight tactics that the enemy has been using since the beginning of time yes. to yes. prevent the gospel from being spread. Mm-hmm. Yes, yep. absolutely. You, you, you are very much right. Yeah. Very much right. So we've got about five minutes left today. Is there any one story that just jumps out at you transformation-wise? I know the lady at the very beginning that started off your times of going to Honduras. Are there any others that are just night and day that you'd love to leave our listeners with? I think, again, the story I was telling you about Alexis, um, the, the second part of that story is is that in that's in our church in San Marcos. The other side of it is um, we have a church in El Pazlao, mm-hmm. and... El Pazlao, I'll never forget it. It was, um, it's probably been 10 years ago now that we started, we built that church. And Chris Cordes and I went in December and went to do the planning trip. And I'll never forget, I've got pictures of it. Um, and in December is coming, it's the end of the rainy season. So when we go in December, usually the first couple of weeks in December for the planning trip, it can either be 78 and sunshiny <laughs> or it can be 52 and drizzly and cold and wind blowing. Well, it was the second one that year. <laughs> and we are, Chris and I had done this long enough that we had our coats. So we've got our coats and we go to where this new community, El Pazlao, where They've had a Bible study, and Gerardo says, said, this is where we went. Uh, we need to look at building a church. 
So we went to this property, and that's one of the things that good Catholics in that area won't sell us property Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because, oh, no, no, you can't do that. Those evangelicals will come in here. Well, this guy had a piece of property right out on the road there where we were, you know, where we needed it. And he was part of the Bible study. So I went and uh, Chris and I went and talked to him and it was hilarious. He said, uh, I I said, well, how big's this property? And his house was sitting off the road a little ways and uh, Adobe brick house. And I said, what's the problem? He said, well, it starts over there and it goes over here and then it goes back to there and he starts pointing (laughs) towards the stuff. I said, well, how much actually from point to point? And he said, and and I'm on, I don't remember the exact number, but he said, he said, it's 22 sticks. No, it's 22 poles. He said, it's 22 poles. And I went, well, how long's a pole? And he said, well, it's about that. I said, how, how do you measure that? And he went, and he looked at this little boy named Noel or Joel, Hoel. He looks at Hoel, his, little, his son, and says, go get my pole. So he went and got it. And literally, he had a pole that was almost six foot long. Okay, Mm -hmm. and so he laid it out and kept flipping it over, and that's how he measured the land. And so he went, it's so many poles this way and so many poles that way. And I thought, well, that was great. And I've got pictures of he and Chris and Hoel standing out there, and Hoel standing there, little bitty boy about this big, and he's standing there holding that pole. And today, Hoel is the pastor of that church and he has been uh Hoel his um he went to seminary at 18 years of age Hmm. went to seminary in Mexico spent three years in seminary and has come back and is now pastoring that church and working alongside Gerardo he's a really smart kid (laughs) and um and and I I just look you talking about it it, they're raising up new Mm -hmm. and it's all organic yeah that's the thing now we're not starting churches there. Hmm. They're starting churches there. Mm-hmm. And they're going in these guys, and there are five young guys that are now pastoring or leading those churches. And um, and they are studying, and they're working, and we've got guys that are going and teaching them and leading with leadership and theology and all that. It is, and it's all, and it's organic. Mm-hmm. And I think back to when I first went with Billy and Betty when we were there. IMB said that what we want to do is is we want an organic movement mm-hmm. of an unreached people group. Yeah. They're not unreached anymore. No. Yes. God yeah. had a plan. Awesome. Yeah. It's been neat. The work of the Holy Spirit just mm-hmm. yeah. working over all these years and in and through his people is just yeah. a beautiful, yeah. awesome thing. So well, thank you, Daryl, for sharing with us I, about Honduras. Anytime, you know that. I, <laughs> yes. I'll never miss a chance no, to do that. No, not at all. If if someone wanted to go on a mission trip with you, Daryl, how would we do that? Um, they need to contact me. Okay. Um, and, and we've had folks, y'all know, we've had folks that are that are not members of our mm-hmm. church that are um, that are other churches, and that's how we went from five churches now to 11 churches mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, is because we have new churches coming in right. all the time um, that are, they, they go, somebody goes just as I did. I went the first time and God moved and I came back and next thing, you know, I took Gene Painter with me mm-hmm. and next thing I know, then the next time, you know, I come back and I take Chris Cordes and, and as they say, the rest is history, yeah. Yeah. you know. 
Well, it's daryldavenport at stuartheights.org, and Mm -hmm. I will link that in the show notes. So if you guys have questions about Honduras, you guys want to take a trip to Honduras and serve, Daryl would love to talk to you more about that. Mm-hmm. I can do it. Thank you. Right. I appreciate the opportunity to um, to talk about Honduras. It's a it's a really neat thing, and I will tell you that in the transition that I am in here right now at Stewart Heights, um, one of my goals is is to do less of all the other stuff and more of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> awesome. That's yeah. So that transition is retirement. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Moving quickly upon that age. Yes. All right. Well, thank you, Daryl. Thank y'all. Yes, y'all thank have a great you. day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening today. We hope you've enjoyed these two conversations with Daryl about Besarah and how the good news of Jesus is being shared in the mountains of Honduras with the Lenca Indians. If you'd like to learn more about how you can plug in with the Honduras Mission, you can email Daryl Davenport at stewartheights.org. To connect with Jen and I, you can find us over at goandequip.com or on our YouTube channel. And as always, we'd love it if you'd like and love our Facebook and Instagram pages and share this podcast with your friends. See you next episode.